you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. So, this current series that we're on, this is the third week of the current series, and today's message is hypocrisy. That's the title. It goes right to the point and says exactly what we're going to be talking about, hypocrisy. You know, the first week we talked about indifference or apathy, spiritual apathy. And uh, we, we understood that God wants us to do something by faith, on purpose, intentionally, every day. To, to shake, us up, shake us up and move us out of spiritual apathy. Then last week we talked about hollow worship and and there's sometimes where we look at worship on the outside and we identify our worship on the outside, but we miss the heart of the matter. And Jesus is trying to undo that external worship so that we can worship from our heart and lay our life down before him so that our, our worship is not hollow, but we're giving our life for him and bowing our life before him every day. And so this week we're talking about hypocrisy. You remember the wristbands, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And everybody would wear those wristbands. Well, what would Jesus do? And it was kind of easy to tell who had at least some kind of knowledge of God because uh, you you could strike up a conversation. Oh, I like your wristband there, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That's that's a great question to ask ourselves all the time. But now we're asking this question during this series, what would Jesus undo? What, what are some of the things that grieve the heart of Jesus? What is, it what, that, that, what is it that Jesus sees in us that he says, you know, I would like to undo this in you so that you could have something better? What is it that Jesus would undo in our life? You know, as I was growing up, as I was a, a child, uh, I loved to go to church. And I would go to church with my neighbors. Um, as, a, as a kid, my, I remember my mother taking me to uh, vacation Bible school one year. And I enjoyed it so much, I, I wanted to keep going and keep going and keep going. And I would ask my mom, take me to church. And she, as some women are embarrassed to go without their husbands, uh, she wanted my father to go. And so she put me up to going to ask my dad. I'm just being real and transparent with you there. And uh, she said, why don't you go ask your dad if we can all go to church? And so I did. And I remember as a, as a little kid asking my father, can we go to church? And I remember his response. I said, dad, why don't, why don't we go to church? Why don't you go to church? And he said, because there's hypocrites down there. Now, I didn't understand what the word hypocrite meant. But I know it wasn't too good if it was keeping my father out of church. And as a little kid, I was out to prove my father was wrong. Imagine that. That was my thinking. Well, I don't believe, I don't believe that because, you know. But growing up and seeing what went on in the church, I couldn't prove him wrong. But... Just because hypocrites go to church doesn't mean it should keep anybody else out of church. Right? 
So we're going to talk to that issue of hypocrites. Who is a hypocrite? What is a hypocrite? What, what, is, what does one look like, smell like, talk like, act like? You know, another example could be the, the fish on the back of cars that pull out and uh, run you down or, you know, or maybe make another sign out the window. Not a good sign, not a, not a wave, but, you know, bumper stickers. Watch out if you have a bumper sticker on your car. Drive like you are one, right? Really, the truth is hypocrisy is easy to see in other people's lives and not so easy to see in our own life. And the truth really is, the more that we think we've got it together, the greater the possibility there is for deception. James says, you know, be a doer of the word as much as you are a hearer of the word. Be a hearer, hear, hear the word, but do it. Put it in action. Let people see that you've heard the word, right? This is a message of self-examination, and we are going to pray at the end of this. I'm going to read you a quote that's in the notes. Again, if you want to go to the digital notes, you can go lifeway.church forward slash 2-24-19. But this quote is there, and it's by an author and theologian by the name of Brennan Manning. And he says it like this, The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Isn't that something? And I think it bears out the truth. That statement bears out the truth that people on the earth today really want to see Christians like you and I live out what we believe. People want to see us act like Jesus. Right? And I know this is a real tough subject because we need to acknowledge here at this point in the message that People have been hurt by others that they looked up to in the past. They have been deceived and taken advantage of and even to the extent of being molested at times. And I realize that there's pain many times involved in this area of hypocrisy. And it's not a, it's not a light matter. It can be very devastating when people say one thing and live another way. So first of all, we need to look at what hypocrisy is not. Hypocrisy is not. It's not, hypocrisy is not the gap between what we do and what we wish we did. I wish I didn't lie, but I did. I wish I didn't say something hurtful, but I did. That's, that's not hypocrisy. That's just sin. Right? And every one of us wish that we didn't sin, but we need to realize that we do sin. That's not hypocrisy. 
Here's what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we really are or how we really live our lives. It's the gap between what we say, what we portray, portray, and how we live. It is the difference between public appearance and private character. This is hypocrisy. It comes from the Greek word hypocrites. And uh, I'm not Greek, so I'm probably not saying that word right, but you can use your imagination. Hippocrates. And it means this, an actor, a stage player, a pretender, are one who hides behind a mask. A mask. This mask that we wear. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? We have the victory. And when they don't have the mask on, I can't believe what she said about me. I am so offended. I, I don't want anything to do with them. I just, I, I wish they would move to another state. Oh, aren't they so, isn't she so nice? Aren't they so wonderful? Isn't God good? Right? This mask can be the symbol of a hypocrite. Hurting on the inside, but wanting to be happy on the outside. Titus, you're at, uh, at the book of Titus, chapter 1. Here's the scripture, our key scripture here. They claim to know God. Titus 1.16. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. You know, if you know God, it's going to make a difference in your life. If you know God and you know the goodness of God, knowing God changes us. Following him, to know him, to be known by him, and to grow in our knowledge of God changes our actions. But Paul is writing to Titus and says that they claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. So Jesus used the word woe. Woe or woe. Woe or woe. What does the word woe mean? It's a warning. Jesus is warning. Look at Matthew 23, verses 27 and 28. Jesus goes into the woes. Woe unto you, and woe unto you, and woe unto you. He's not judging. This is not a judgment. This is not a pro pronouncing a sentence upon, but rather a warning. Jesus says in Matthew 23, 27, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you're like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. You snakes, verse 33, 
you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? And so that's a heavy question. Jesus is asking. But he's not, he's, he's warning and he's asking this question, but he is not condemning someone to hell at this point. He is, he is saying that it's not right. The word woe actually means trouble. It means problems. It means difficulty. And there are times if, if, if we're wearing the mask and we're being a hypocrite, we invite trouble on ourselves. We invite problems on ourselves. And the life of a hypocrite is very difficult. And Jesus was warning. And so he gives us certain things that, that he associates with hypocrisy here that we need to take a look at. Number one, he, he talks about giving. He talks about giving. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Matthew 6, 1 through 4. If you guys can put that up there in the New Living Translation, I'm going to read Matthew 6, verses 1 through 4. Jesus talks about giving in a way that can be hypocritical. Jesus says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and... Not just in the synagogues, but all over the street. Do, 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 do. Look what I did. Look what I did. Hey, guess who I gave a new car to? Hey, look what I did. Right? Jesus is saying, Jesus is calling out this hypocritical action of giving. Giving is great. But it, when you want everybody to, to know what you did and calling attention to it, calling attention to their acts of charity. Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth, they've received all the reward they'll ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Right? So giving is not bad. It's giving and wanting everybody to see, oh, isn't God so good? I'm such a giver. I'm so awesome. You want that acknowledgement. You want that, that identification. The second thing is fasting. Jesus calls out fasting. But fasting's good. I thought fasting's good. Yes, it is. But the motive behind it comes into play. Matthew 6, verses 16, 17, and 18. Look at, look at Jesus speaking to fasting. He says here, and, and when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I should have a mask with a, 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 a frowny face on it, you know, <laughs> of uh, someone, you know, acting weak and poor and look at me, I'm, I'm fasting, I'm on a 40-day fast. So I'm so spiritual because God requires that I sacrifice everything and I want you to think that I'm so spiritual. 
But he says, um, don't do that. He says, I'll tell you the truth. It's the only reward that they'll ever get if men recognize that you're fasting. But then he tells us in verse 17 and 18, he says, when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows that you, what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Again, it's, it's, this, it's the difference between being outward and being inward. Actually living what you believe and not just giving everyone the appearance and wanting that recognition on the outside. The third thing is praying. Again, prayer is good, but here Jesus talks about prayer in Matthew chapter 6, in that same chapter, verse 5. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them, hear them. Oh, Father, you're so good, and your mercy doth endure forever. You know, talking this high language and trying to impress people with your big prayers of faith. Great faith. You know, it's not the loudness of your prayer that really matters. And it's not the, the volume of your prayer that moves the mountain. It's, it, it is the power of God that moves mountains. Not your flowery words. You know, sometimes the prayer of a child prayed out of a heart of faith that is so innocent causes the power of God to go in, into operation. And so Jesus is bringing it back down, right, to, to really living what we believe here. He says, um, I'll tell you the truth, it's the only world reward that they'll ever get is acknowledgement from people. Wow, doesn't... Uh, so-and-so, aren't they a good prayer? Well, that's the only reward they'll ever get. Because, again, hey, look at me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good. Don't you want to be just like me? The fourth thing is, is criticizing. Criticizing. Matthew chapter 7, verses one through five. And this is, this is really deep, but Jesus really digs in here on this scripture. Verse one, Matthew seven, it says, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? And then he uses the word hypocrite. Hey, hey guys, I have no logs. I'm log free. I'm here to help you with your splinter. I can see your splinter. Let me help you with your splinter. See me, log free. Right? I got it all together. Oh, I've been praying for you and I noticed that you're down and I just want to help you. 
and even become real spiritual about it. The Lord impressed me that you're going through a tough time. Wait a minute. I've noticed one thing that if people need your help, there's a humility there. There's a, there's a humble spirit that wants to help and then there's a humble spirit that opens the door. And, and you have to have relationship. The, the, the trust factor. How many of you trust this? Ha <laughs> ha! Let me pray for you <laughs> to help you get the speck out of your eye so you can be like me. Right? Right? This is, this is right where we live. It's kind of tight in here right now, right? But it's true. This, this passage has always captured my attention. There's a couple things that I want to point out here. Number one, everyone has something in their eye. Everybody, say that. Everybody has something in their eye. I have, you have, we all have. Sometimes it's a speck, sometimes it's a pole. Does it matter? If it's a pole or a speck, it's still irritating in your eye. If you get a little something in your eye, it is so irritating. And your reaction is, man, I've got to dig this thing out of here. And, and, and it may be that small, but it feels like a pole, right? But this is the point Jesus is making. Everybody's got something in their eye. Number two... I can't help anyone else until the Lord helps me remove what is in my own eye. I'm not good to help anybody until the Lord helps me to remove what's in my own eye. So I have to look inward first. And that's the third thing. My job is my eye. My job is not your eye. Your eye belongs to you. And... If you need help with your eye, I'm willing to help you. But first, let me take a minute and examine my own eye and pull the pole out of it so, it, I, so I can see clearly to help you with what's in your eye. Does this make, does this make sense? Does this make sense? Humility. Let's, let's, here's, here's how we get humble. We take the mask and we throw it away. Done. Done with the mask. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. All God's children ain't perfect. <laughs> I'm saying that double negatives, but you pick up the meaning of it, right? I've got an eye. You've got an eye. We all have an eye, and there's always something trying to get in your eye. Listen, Jesus was not calling out sin here when he was talking about hypocrites. He was calling out the show. He was calling out the mask. He didn't, Jesus didn't say, woe to you who cuss. <laughs> woe to you who smoke. Drink too much. Watch bad shows. He didn't say, woe to you who are imperfect. He said, woe to you who do it and act like you don't do it. Woe to you who are imperfect and act like you're perfect. Right? <laughs> I'm trying to help us today. I, 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 it's, it's helping me. It's helping me. <laughs> now, let me bring up the issue of social media at this point. 
How about social media? Man, social media just shows you what I want you to see. I'm showing everybody what I want them to see. And it's a breeding ground for hypocrisy. All day long you can show everyone, especially all your friends, what you want them to see. And in reality, you're so much different from that. You know, how many apps do you need to fix the pimples and dimples on your face, right? I mean, vanity, vanity, vanity. People change the, change the look of their face so much, when you finally meet them in person, you're like, you're not the same person. <laughs> and they keep the picture up there, you know, of them 10 years ago when, when they were 30 pounds lighter. <laughs> now everybody's laughing, because, right? Let me, let me get my mask on for you. Wow, look at me. Aren't I wonderful? Social media. We have the perfect marriage. We have the perfect marriage. Lovey, lovey, lovey. Lovey, lovey, lovey. And then go to church and fight all the way to church and all the way home. Or how about checking in at church when you're not even there? Uh, <laughs> or, or how about... How about the picture of the devotional, right? And you've got the cup of coffee, and you've got the Bible right there, and it takes longer to take the perfect picture of your devotional with the coffee and the Bible than it does you reading the Bible, actually reading the Bible, right? Spent two minutes reading that one verse, but it took 15 minutes to lay everything out there, right? <laughs> If we're, if we're a little bit uncomfortable right now, that's, that's a, it's a good thing. It means that we're self-aware. And uh, this means we're in a place right now, right at this point in the message, where the Holy Spirit can open our heart and do a work and find out if there's any masks in our life. There's hope. There's hope for the hypocrite. Matthew 20, 23 Verses 25 and 26. Matthew 23, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish and then the outside will also be clean. So Jesus is bringing it back to the heart of the matter. He chastises them because they're paying attention to the wrong thing, but then he gives them the solution. Jesus is always like that. He's merciful. Again, he, he wasn't pronouncing any hardness or he wasn't against those who are imperfect. He's against those who are imperfect but try to act perfect. So this morning, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work on the inside of us, beginning this morning. This morning. You know, this is, it's, a, it's a big stretch for pastors. I just want to admit it, because there's such a demand for per perfection in the pastor from two groups of people, from ourselves and from everyone else. 
we have to live up to our own expectation. You know, I'm talking about me now because I'm, I think I'm done talking about you, but I'm just, I'm just, just being honest, just trying to be transparent and honest here. We try to live up to our own expectations, you know, which we can't have any errors. We can't misspeak. We can't uh, be imperfect. We must be perfect and mature in every area that we teach in and we have this image to keep up and no problems, no doubts, no worry, no fear. I mean, think about it. Other people want spiritual leaders to be perfect. They want to follow this perfect spiritual leader and they want their pastor to be the Bible answer man for every question. And when they discover an imperfection, then suddenly they, they lose respect and they quit following. And so I've seen it over and over and over. Listen, this is not our first rodeo. rodeo. We've been in ministry for over 30 years. So it hasn't changed. But I think the, the, the level of expectation is, is even increased because we're constantly compared with the who's who in Christendom. The biggest churches in the biggest following on social media and the listen Paul wasn't perfect and Paul made this statement he said follow me as I follow Christ follow me as I follow Christ I in, in other words he was saying when you see the example of the character of Christ in my life follow that example because Paul understood that he wasn't perfect And there were many times in his writings that he said that he wasn't perfect. He called himself the chiefest of all sinners. And so we as people, we can apply this to all of our lives. We have to understand that we are imperfect. And so we're here today, Pastor Sheila and I are here today, dropping the mask and saying, hey, we're not perfect, we're people too. We don't have it all together all the time. And we're, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to work on us on the inside. God is doing a work on us on the inside. Is God doing a work in you on the inside? How much have we allowed the Holy Spirit to do a work on each of us? I'd rather be imperfect, authentic, and honest than a lying, mask-wearing hypocrite. And I I really believe that this is the first step and breakthrough in your life, in my life, in our life. First step in experiencing a breakthrough. Look at Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. Proverbs 28, 13 says this, Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds what? Mercy. Confesses them and renounces them finds mercy. That sounds like repentance. Listen, we're only as strong as we are honest. And when anyone who's hurting drops the mask and says, forgive me, heal me, redeem me, save me, change me, Jesus' answer is always... 
Yes. Remember, Jesus didn't come for the healthy. He came for those who needed healing. You have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. Amen. That's why it's so important to be in, involved in a small group like we have here at Lifeway, the life groups. It's, it's when we come into this group of people that trust, that build trust in one another, that we can express ourselves to each other and say, hey, pray for me because I'm dealing with this situation. And I haven't dealt with it right in the past, but I need some help. Help. The mercy comes when we're willing to admit that we can't do it all. We're not all that, right? When we come together with others that love us and love God and say, you know, I'm about to tell you something that I've never told anybody before. That's when the truth sets you free. We're always in bondage when we hide. Because the word says right there, whoever conceals a sin does not prosper. So one last scripture in Psalm 139. Psalm 139. The word authentic is so important today. You know, this generation is looking for authenticity. All the, young, all the kids see this all day long. All day long they see this. And they want to just look in your eyes and hear your heart. And they want you to acknowledge them. So it's, it's so important that we, when, when, when a child is looking at you, to look back in their face and give them your attention and love them from your heart. To be authentic. That's what we want from one another, right? Here's Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Now, the psalmist that wrote this knew that he had anxious thoughts. But he was giving God permission to search him and to know him, to test him. How many of us have, have been brave enough and bold enough to pray that type of prayer? And then it says, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So there's my way and then there's God's way. And I'm not willing to walk in my way if I can walk in God's way. So God, show me your way. Help me understand here why I keep knocking my head on the same wall over here when you've called me to go this way. Test me, search me, help me. That's our prayer today. God, show me where, where I'm wearing a mask and I don't even know it. It's the thing about wearing masks. If you wear the mask long enough, you'll begin to believe that uh, you uh, you'll begin to believe the lie that created the mask in the first place. It's when we drop the mask that God can show us how the lie came in. Show me, Lord. Work on me. Help me. Help me to drop the mask and be real. This prayer will lead to a breakthrough. This is where Jesus closes the gap and begins this inward work. You know, Jesus has no tolerance for hypocrisy. Zero tolerance for hypocrisy. But he has unlimited grace for a sinner in need of forgiveness. Anyone that needs forgiveness, God has abundant grace for. Listen, we don't close the gaps 
with perfection, we close the gaps with Christ. All of us need to stop trying to be a good Christian because we're not as good as we think we are. And we need to spend time with the one who is good, and that is Jesus. Amen. Let's bow our heads and, and pray. Father, I, I pray from my heart, as I did before in preparation for this message, Lord, search me, know me, try me, test me, help me, Lord. See where I've held up a mask, put on a mask, tried to impress others or live up to someone else's expectations, Lord. I'm not that strong. I'm not that great. I'm not all that, Lord. But I am your child. And I know that you're the one that can make up the gaps. So I don't have to try to be something that I'm not. That you love me just the way that you made me. And you're perfecting the things concerning me, Lord. As I yield to you, Jesus, you are the perfected one. You are the perfected one. And so we draw near to you. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.